Success to me is, I guess it, it really had to wrap with my model, which is keep it positive. So I feel like for me, if I find something positive about each day, then that's a successful day. To me, when it all boils down to it, it's just being happy. So each day where I can find a little bit of happiness is a successful day. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Super Coffee, the healthy, delicious alternative to sugary coffee drinks. Super Coffee was recently named the fastest growing food and beverage brand in America by Inc. Magazine, and after tasting a bunch of their flavors, I can see why. Their coffees contain zero sugar, and many of them contain 10 grams of plant-based protein. They're growing in popularity in the running community, and I'm excited to share a special discount with you. They offer a 60-day money-back guarantee, meaning if you don't love it, you get your money back, no questions asked. Grab 15% online with the code FTLR or look for them nationwide in 25,000 stores like Target, Whole Foods, Walmart, Kroger, and CVS. Cheers. Welcome back. I have Shawana White joining me on the podcast today. Uh, Shawana, thanks so much for taking some time to chat. Uh, thank you for having me here. I'm excited. To be here. Of course. Uh, so first question is always a tough one. Uh, who is Shawana? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I listen to this podcast, so I hear this question a lot. So um, I was thinking about this question, and one day I was actually going to post about this question, but I was like, you know what? Maybe I should wait, because maybe I'll do this podcast one day. Who knows? But okay, so Shawana is a human. And a runner, uh, and, a, and a woman, sorry, a human and a woman. And I identify as a positive person, a runner, a PE teacher, and a caring person. I love it. Um, well, it's always fun when uh, people who listen to the podcast hear this question and then um, get asked it themselves. So excited that uh, as a listener now, you get to you get to answer it. Um so given this is a running podcast, uh, let's set sort of set the foundation of you as a runner. I know you mentioned a handful of other attributes and qualities there. Um, so to set the stage, do you remember your first run? Yeah, well, my my first run was actually as a child. I was pretty active child. I always went outside and played. And so I was outside and played. Um, we used to have races, but my um Formal introduction to running um, took place in high school when my high school coach asked me to come out for the track team. And that very first run was actually in the um, in the hallways of my high school because it was too cold to go outside. I can't remember what the temperature was, but it was too cold. So our first run was in the hallway. So that that was my first run. You know. And what what was that like? Um, it was it was pretty exciting. I mean, I I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I, as usual, I ran the first one too fast and I struggled to finish. But I was just really excited to be a part of a team and was able to meet 
some new people. And it also helped me to get out of my shell because in high school, I was very shy. And um, and I also just had a difficult time in high school because um, kids used to tease me because of my size. But when I started running track and I started selling in track, I became one of the popular kids on campus. <laughs> so at what point did you realize that uh, you were good? Um, that is a good question. Or, or fast. Well, I wouldn't necessarily call call it fast because, you know, fast was were the people who was running the 100 and 200. Um, I was stuck in the 800, the 1600, and 3200, and I didn't quite understand that, and nor did my family. Um, but I think maybe the first race when I realized that I was pretty pretty good was um, at the city championship. So the city championship, because originally I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, so that's all the Atlanta public school system schools. They have this race, and I actually placed first in the race because all the other races throughout the week when we went and ran at um, the Invitationals, I would come like fifth or sixth. But when I placed first in that, that gave me a confident boost. And so over the summer, I started working hard and then I started doing well at the Invitationals as well. And I think my senior year, I'm not my senior year, my junior year, I ended up actually qualifying for state. So. And how did that, how did it go from high school to college to where you're at today? What Talk to me about that journey. Okay, well, for college, um, I went to the University of West Georgia because at the time I thought I wanted to be close to home. And so that school was only an hour away, but I didn't know that when you ran cross country that even when you didn't have races that you had to stay on campus to train. <laughs> so I was like, wow, well, I guess I could have went to an out-of-state school, but you know, I really enjoyed my time at West Georgia. So it was a good time. And so after um, college, um, I actually took a break from running. Like I think I stopped running for about four years or something. And then I started back running um, when I started to coach my youth team in Georgia because I was actually inspired by them to lace up my shoes again. And so I was like, these kids are working hard and I still had these crazy dreams. I mean, some of them were a little bit too crazy, but once I started realizing and understanding the sport, I started changing those dreams a little bit because I remember when I went to West Georgia, I told the coach that I wanted to go to the Olympics. I had no idea what I was talking about. But now that goal is just to qualify for the trials. But, you know, after that, after getting inspired by seeing my um, my track team, I started back running um, um, 5k. And so at that point I was seeking out different groups that I could train with in Atlanta. And so I found this group called the Striders and, and it was a, it was an actual African-American group. Um, and so two young men or yeah, it was young, young men at the time. They took me under their wing and, you know, I started training with them and they told me, you know, you should strive to get on the Atlanta track club team. And so, I made that the goal to get on a competitive team. Now they have an elite team, but at the time they had a competitive team. Um, and so I joined that team and then the rest is history. I've been just running on. 
I love it. Uh, you're the second person in the last couple of weeks who has commented about kids being the motivate kids being a motivation. Um, Tansy Leistad was on a couple of weeks ago and talked about how um, she draws motivation from high school cross country kids who just like rip it. And you just see like it's such incredible performances because they just don't know how to control themselves and they just, you know, go so hard. And yeah, maybe that's a little overboard, but um, it's, it's, it's fun to see that side of the sport and it's fun to see higher end athletes t- drawing motivation from kids. Yes. Like I remember when I was coaching my own, my one athlete, cause I was coaching ages five through 13 and it's like the younger ones, they're so mature and they're more accepting of the pain. So the little ones were actually like encouraging the older ones. And so <laughs> that was so exciting to see. I mean, because like the way that we were coaching our athletes, we weren't coaching them to try to win races. We were coaching them to try to improve or try to be the best version of themselves. Because the way I used to put it to the um, kids that if you get faster or if you can jump further or if you can throw further, eventually, maybe that may lead to being on a podium. But if not, guess what? You're still becoming a better you and that's what you need to focus on. So like my job as a coach when I was coaching was to instill the love for the sport. And then being that my expertise, I was coaching a distance runner. So um, I coach, well, my school was African-American in Georgia. So my goal was to try to inspire African-American kids to, you know, get into distance because one of the, um, when we used to have our parent meeting, we used to always explain to the parents that, you know, don't get upset if your kids are running this event. Like me and the other coach, we actually sat down after we watched the kids and because we do like all these different time trials and then we determine which group we're going to put the kids in. But we got the kids so excited that kids that were sprinters, we're wanting to get in my group. So it was like we made distance run distance running look cool. So and that was the point that I was trying to do when I was coaching to make it look cool so kids would want to do it, you know, because the perception is to be a sprinter and not a distance runner. Or mid middle distance is what they did because they didn't run over the eight eight hundred. No. They did the sixteen hundred. So yeah. It's funny how context is everything, right? Like eight hundred feels long. But to a 5K or marathoner, that's just a pain train, a, a very brief pain train. Yes, 800 is, is brutal. <laughs> 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 I want no part of that. I mean, the 5K itself feels like a sprint. Yes. So talk to me about, you said at one point you had these crazy goals um, of making the Olympics or or making podiums and then um, you achieved this goal of, of getting on the team with the Atlanta track club. What, what fueled that desire to, to get the best out of yourself? What was it about the Olympics or the Olympic trials or um, making this team that uh, like, why, why did you want to do it? Well, for the Atlanta track club team, the only reason I really had the desire is because of, Cliff and um, John Davis, they were the one who exposed me to the team because I had no 
idea about a team that you could be a part of because I thought that, you know, after college, if you wasn't running a certain time, that there's no place for you. So by them telling me about that, you know, it excited me because they believe in me. They believe that I can make this team. And so that gave me all the confidence to strive for that goal. Now, for for a while, the Olympics, um, I think I just got excited about the Olympics because in 1996, the Olympics oh, were in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to work at the volleyball game. And then, you know, and so the track and all that stuff. So I was just like, I just saw the Olympics when I was younger and I just thought, oh, I want to make the Olympics. But like I said, later that changed to wanting to like qualify for the marathon Olympic trials, not to qualify for the Olympics because that's a little <laughs> Too, that's too crazy. But um, to qualify for the Olympic trials, I think that's still a bit scary goal because I still haven't achieved it. But that's, that's well, and how did I get that goal? That is a good question. Oh, I got that goal from one of my old coaches. Because, like, again, I didn't even know anything about the Olympic marathon trials until my coach told me, um, my old coach told me after I ran 252 in the marathon at the City of Oats, marathon in Raleigh he was like you can qualify for the trials and I was like what is that and so you know told me about it and ever since then that was like in 2012 you know 2012 I've been trying to chase that chase that dream I mean I had some obstacles in the way um I really thought I was going to have an opportunity to try to go for that goal in 2016 but then I had hip surgery so that pushed things back and then I tried again in 20 for 2020 and you know I missed it by 19 seconds yeah 19 seconds so that just let me know that on the right day that if that time is still the time for 2024 that I can get that time but I think Jonathan all all my goals have came from like when it for the Olympics that was just me just seeing the Olympics but to try to qualify for the trials I mean that came from another coach that thought I could do it and then I started to believe that I can do it and now isn't it cool isn't it cool how that works like my my coach has more confidence in my own ability than than I do so I ran I ran a 259 in 2019 and he was like great let's touch the the 240s and I was like are you kidding me and that was a 20 minute PR. And he's like, yeah, of course. Uh, no, I'm not kidding you. Of course you can do it. And it's just like, what is it? What does it mean to have that kind of, cause I know what it means for me, but I'm curious what it means for you to have somebody who believes in you that much to, to push you to set, as you called it, this big, scary goal of, um, breaking 245 and breaking 243 and, and, um, continuing to, you know, you, you ran 252 and, and he said, you could take another 10 minutes. That's a lot of time for <laughs> sub three. Um, so what what does that mean for you? I think having somebody believing in you, it, again, it's, it's, like, it's like, wow, I can't. It's, it's unbelievable that somebody would think that I'm capable of doing X, Y, Z. Like, just to think that, you know, I had no idea what running was. And I mean, I don't know. I can't really describe it. Like it, it makes me feel good. And it, 
And it just boosts my confidence and made me even more happier to even try to go to that goal. And and it's like now to the fact that people believing in me throughout all the years, now I have that confidence myself that I don't really need anybody to believe that I can do X, Y, Z now because of all the people in the past who have put all that confidence in me that now it just comes from within. So I'm thankful for them for boosting me up for now. You know, I can get everything I need from me. <laughs> is that is that why you coach and, and work with kids? Well, yeah. Well, I don't coach anymore because I'm, I'm being a little selfish. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping it real. Um, I'm kind of like focusing on my running right now. And then I'm going to get back to coaching one day, you know, because when I was coaching it, it was very long days. <laughs> I just I feel like I was just doing so much. And I mean, I was doing well with it, but I was like, you know, I really want to just have some time for myself. But what was that second part of that question? Uh, well, the second part was, is that why you coach and, and work with kids? Oh, now with the PE, oh my goodness. Like for PE, I work, I teach PE because, um, I feel like kids these days in these times are not as active as I was when I was a child. Like I remember seeing kids in the streets, like right now looking out this window and I don't see any kids running up and down the street. Like literally when I was a child, we were outside until the street lights came on and like my had to beg me to come back inside. Like you do not see that in this day and time. Like, so that's one of my main reasons of becoming a PE teacher because I want to encourage kids to stay active and put those video games down. <laughs> Very cool. I love Sometimes that. they can still they still can play them, but not yeah. So, <laughs> so every time I've put out a call for people to suggest guests, um, your name has come up a handful of times. And really? this last yeah, this last time um I had I we were already following each other and I said, actually, great idea. Let's let's chat. Um, so I'm curious. It seems like you've got a pretty strong and and um, uh, pretty strong following on social and people people seem to love you. Um, so what is what does the running community mean for you? What what is that community to you? Um, the running community to me. I, I just I love the running community. I mean. I know sometimes it, I don't know, but I, I love it. Like it's so, it's a welcoming community, a community overall. I mean, I really haven't had too many. I haven't had any, well, I can't say I didn't have any bad experience, but um, this one experience, but um, besides that one experience, like everybody's been welcoming and loving. And like, I just love like how you can just go on a run with somebody and you can just talk about anything and, I mean, like running is what brings us together. And like, I always think like the world in some cases focus the way runners focus and the world would be a better place. So the running community, they like, I feel like any community that I have been a part of always made me feel welcome, love, and they always been there for me anytime I need. So, you know, I love them a ton. Yeah, it, no, it did. Um, I, I agree. It's like the kind of thing where you can go anywhere and meet up with someone and you're like their best friend by mile five and like divulging your deepest, darkest secrets and 
what you talk about in therapy and what you talk about, you know, with the people closest to you. And like, you just met this person and it's just like totally normal. Yeah. I just remember going on so many runs and just, you know, we're just talking about everything. <laughs> and they learn everything about me and I learn everything about them. <laughs> talk to me about the, the Atlanta running community. Um, I know Atlanta was in the spotlight last February and March um, for the Olympic trials and uh, shined, of course. Uh, but talk to me yeah. about uh, what it's what it's like outside of um, outside of when the spotlight was on. I think, well, I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, it's been it was magnified to a higher level. But you know, you think about the big race like the Peach Street Road Race. There are a lot of people out there cheering you on and while you're running. But I mean, not as the magnitude as the Olympic trials, like. I, I mean, I have seen some big crowds in Atlanta come out for races, but that was just, that was pretty amazing. I was like, wow. But overall, the community, it's a, it's a good community. Like there's so many different groups. And now, I mean, I haven't lived in Atlanta for the last six years, but when I was living there, there were still a lot of groups. And now it's just so many groups and so many different organizations that you can be a part of and Atlanta track club, they always have done amazing things for the sport and for races. And they always, I mean, there's well before COVID, there was almost a race every weekend that was put on by Atlanta track club. And like in Atlanta, there's never a loss for races. Like you can, there's always a race every single weekend. So. Very cool. Yeah. I hope we can get back. Peachtree has always been on my list and uh, want to get, I want to get down there one time or, Many times. Um, switching gears a little bit, um, your Instagram bio reads six fastest U.S. born black marathoner with a two forty five nineteen. Uh, talk to me about what that means to you to be so high on a prestigious list like that. Um, how does that feel? I mean, it, it feels very. It's like an honor to be on that list, but then at the same time, is. <sighs> How can I say it's, it's, it's surprising. Well, not really surprising, but it's, it just made me realize, I mean, I'm honored and I'm happy, but I wish there were more, like I would never ever expect me to be on a list of that prestige, that prestige of a list. So I'm honored, and but at the same time, I wish that there could be more and that we can elevate and have faster times because I think African-American-born females are very capable of running well at the distance, at the marathon in particular. Like right now we have Peyton Thomas, who is, I think she's like number four, and she ran in Olympic trials. Like I really think people like her and people behind her are going to really take that list to a new level and I hope they do, but I would love to move up some spots as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to your point, so I had uh, Sabrina De La Cruz on the podcast recently and she is a part of the new Brooks running sponsored team, Angel City Elite, whose mission it is to increase diversity in the sport. Uh, one of her comments on the podcast was that the Olympic trials were 95% white and she didn't see very many people who looked like her on the starting line. And so she's made it her goal 
to in the future be able to look around and see more people that look like her and to show that like this is something that we can do and we as in she and her community and me as in my community and our community like how do we push this forward um so do you feel like by going out and racing and being public on Instagram and whatnot that you're you're helping to 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 drive that mission forward and and uh, yeah we'll go we'll start there oh yeah I believe so Jonathan because um I have two stories that is kind of kind of cool and it, it makes me feel like a I'm not, that I'm actually making an impact um one lady well well yeah one young lady I can't that's her name, but um, on Strava, um, during Black History Month, she actually dedicate a run to different um, Black African American females on that list, and like she included me. So it's and she's a distance runner herself. So I know there are little Black girls out there and little Black boys out there who are see who are seeing me running the races and seeing me on social media. So. I'm actually, you know, doing what I want to do to aspire African-American females and males to run distance. And then another um, story is like my one good friend, Angela. She actually was searching because she, for that same reason, like Sabrina stated, she wanted to see people who look like her in the sport of distance running. And so she looked out and she found that list. And then she just um, shoot me a DM on Instagram and to this day we are good friends and I still like encourage her to keep running and keep trying because you know she thought it was so cool to see an African-American female out there running distance and acceding and you know like in a small local races coming in the, in the top you know because you don't you don't see that and like most people when they see me at a start line they most of the time they think I'm a Kenyan. I remember one race. Um, it was it was two white women. They was talking, and I was actually standing by a Kenyan, and they was like, "I don't think they speak American. I mean, speak English." And I turned around. I was like, "I'm American," and they were shocked, you know, because I mean, it's not right, but I can understand where they're coming from because when you see black people who are running who are doing well at distance runners, they are from Kenya, they are from Kenya and from Ethiopia. You know, you don't really see that many blacks here from America that are running distance running. I mean, yeah, running distance. So I think by having a presence on social media and going to the races and running well, I think I am encouraging the next generation and any person of color that I see at races, I make sure I try to speak to them. I mean, and then it's just like a lot of people say when, when um, African-American people see each other out on the race, they're like so encouraging, especially the, the back in the pack runners. Like when they see me, they're like so excited and they're like, yay, go, go, go. And like, even those people in the back, like now they want to try to get to the front too. So, yeah. I love that. One of the things that I've missed in the last year of podcasting has been the ability to see somebody's face when they're talking. And um, although the listeners can't see Shawana's face right now, I promise you she's beaming and is is very proud of of what she's saying. 
um, which is which is super cool to see. Yeah, I think I think that um, it's the kind of thing where last year we noticed that, or or people started finally realizing that we were like people like myself, part of the problem. Like I looked at my podcast guest list and Alephine was the first black runner I had as episode 59. And I, I think that is true. She's, she was either the first or the second, but that was episode 59. And again, it's not like an intentional thing that was done. Um, but it's this awareness that like, we simply must be better mm-hmm. so that everybody can be better. Yeah. And I think that, that, um, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I feel like the awareness is there and now we need to actually do something about it. And so by, by having this presence on social media, I can only imagine what people are, are thinking, um, when they see you for the first time and, and they see, oh, I can do that too. Um, and I think that's awesome. I, I had, yeah, Sabrina talked at length about it. I had Raj Paul Panu on the podcast. He said, um, when I'm, he's a he's a um trail and ultra runner he's an ultra runner who runs roads um and he said when when i'm on the start line i add a little more color in every sense of the word um and i want i want he's uh first generation indian and he's like i want people to see me on the start line and know that they can be they can be just like me they can do it too um, and I think as, I think as a podcaster and for those of us who are, you know, have the ability to link runners to larger audiences, like we have a responsibility to, to do these kinds of things. Um, and to, to have that awareness that, um, we need to just be better. So thank you for doing what you do. Um, and, and being so open about you and your story and, uh, and continuing to inspire uh, and elevate everybody. Yeah, like, you know, I think when me, it was, I was thinking about, um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Oh, I, I went to this birthday party this weekend and um, one of my friends messaged me and she was like, are you coming? I was like, I don't know, because I looked at the guest list and, and I was like, it's all Team Utopia. Um, which is a running team here in South Carolina. And then I started to think, I was like, you know what? I am going because, you know, I'm part of everybody's team, even though I'm not officially a teammate, because I feel like I, as a runner, I try to interact with all people, you know? And I think that's, I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> go on this tangent? I don't even know. <laughs> birthday parties. I miss birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I picked up. <laughs> but it was it was a it was an outdoor birthday party at a brewery. But um, <laughs> I don't even know what that distress. I don't even know what. <laughs> I love it. Um, the, the beers are still uh, still uh, still having an impact. Thanks again to Super Coffee for supporting this episode. I have been loving their French vanilla and hazelnut flavors and the cold brew cans. Super Coffee combines the caffeine from two cups of coffee with protein and healthy fats to give you hours of focused energy with no jitters or crash. I love it as a strong start to the day. Receive 15% off of your purchase at drinksupercoffee.com slash FTLR 
or use the code FTLR at checkout. I recommend trying one of their variety packs or bundles. If you give it a try, let me know what you think. And now back to our conversation. Um, switching gears, um, what does what does success mean to you? That's a good question. Um, success to me is, I guess it, it really had to wrap with my model, model, which is keep it positive. So I feel like for me, each day, if I find something positive about each day, then that's a successful day. Or, or also each day where each day where I'm able to do something to make me a, a better person, such as like running. I feel like running makes me a better person. Listening to people make me a better person. I mean, success is just to me, when it all boils down to it, it's just being happy. So each day where I find a little bit of happiness is a successful day. It's interesting that um, your answer is not tangible. Uh, it's not break 245. It's not qualify for the Olympics, Olympic trials. It's get better, be happy, do things that make me smile on a daily basis. And, and the reason that I'm sort of reflecting on that is I've asked this question at least 50 times now. And the mark of, not the mark of success, like most people who objectively have achieved anything, like they're a professional athlete or they've set a record or whatever, like they are focused on this process versus I want to win the Olympics or I want to be Q or I want to do that. Like what happens when you achieve that goal? Then what is success? And then what is like, these can be steps along the way that are indicators of trending. But I think it's, I think, I mean, everyone's different, but, but I think that from a long-term perspective, it's just growth, right? It's yeah. growth versus outcome. Yeah. Um, so my next question is, has it always been that way for you or has it, have you had a more of a narrow focus in the past? Yeah, I, I would say, no, it has not always, it has not always been that way for me. Um, I think back in the day, I used to tie my success to, you know, especially with running to achieving this goal or achieving this time or, or sometimes when, um, yeah, achieving this time or coming in a certain place. But I think as I, you know, grew up or as I mature as an adult, I learned that those things aren't as important to being happy because what I found on later on with me as a person, you know, if I am at my happiest, then I'm going to run better. I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to be a better teacher. But the moment when I'm not happy or something else is going on in my life to, you know, make me unbalanced, then it's going to reflect, mostly it's going to reflect in my running. It's not going to reflect in my work because I know as a teacher, I have to be professional and I have to be there for my students. So regardless of what else is going on in my life, I got to be right and I got to bring it 100% for my kids. But you know, when something else is off kilter in my life, you can see it in my running because like I have to be happy in order to achieve anything. Because if I'm not happy, then I'm not going to be able to strive for X, Y, Z. And also, you know, with 
what as growing, I just realized that sometimes, you know, you're not going to always achieve your goals and, and that's okay. But as long as you gave 100% effort, you can find the joy in that. So, you know, finding something to be happy about finding the good in all situations is been the key for me. Now I cannot, again, that has not always been the situation. Cause I remember one time, um, I was so upset about a race result that I just sat in the middle of and just cried. And like now I'm to a point where I remember um, Zika Henry, which is a person you should have on your podcast. I remember when I ran the one city marathon and when I ran that 245.19, she looked at me in the eye and she was like, Shawana, why aren't you crying? You know, why aren't you upset? You missed, you missed the standard. And I was like, I can't be upset because I just ran my fastest marathon ever in my life. Like, nothing to be happy about. Sure, I didn't get the 245, but two, yeah, 245, but that's okay because I did my best and I ran my fastest and I'm happy with that. And I tried hard. So that's how to cook. I think that's the, the healthiest way to go about it, right? Yeah. When you're in this state of mind, you will keep getting better. And I forget who said it on the podcast, but breakthroughs only happen when you're at peace and in this place of like, this is not a test. This is a celebration. And and sure, that's one thing for amateurs to say when it's not our job to perform. But episode one of the podcast with Ben Rosario, he talked to me about talking to Scott Fauble, uh prior to New York City Marathon and other athletes prior to to their marathons and they never talk about placing they always talk about executing and how do you get the best out of yourself on the day so that you can be proud of your result and so that you can get the best out of yourself on the day and i think that hearing that over and over again like i've referenced that conversation 10 times now probably um is helpful right like this is a professional athlete who gets paid to compete and win. And the coach is saying, execute, don't win. If you execute, maybe you'll win, but that's not the main goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's all, like you said, it's all about getting your, getting the best out of yourself on that day. And if you know that you ran that race and you did the best you can, you got to be happy with what, whatever time is on the clock. And I mean, Another thing with NAZ Elite Group, you know, they're not really always focusing on time. They're always focusing about train, train hard, race fearlessly. So, you know, I think that's a a good model to have, like just go in there, race the competition and, you know, whatever time you get, you know, be happy with that. Like, and that's how it is for me with all my races now, like. At first, I used to get upset about a certain time on the clock, but not anymore. I mean, it's just like last weekend. I got lost in a race, and I was pretty sure that I was on pace to break the state record in my age group. I mean, I didn't know because I forgot my watch, too. <laughs> so, um, but I could feel, I, I just felt it, Jonathan. I felt like I was on pace. And then next thing I know, volunteers sent me this way. And then this guy, I know I'm running so fast. I ran past the turn for the finish. And I was, you know, I was like, all I can do is laugh. I'm like, man, I can't get this course right to save the life of me. And the second year, I got lost in the same course. So I'm like, you know what? I'll come back next year. And hopefully a third time is a charm. And I get it right. You know, at this point, I just laugh at myself when I do things like that. 
you know, I got a streak going because I got lost the week before. So, you know, so I, gotta, I don't want to keep this. I got to ask you about how you, how you got to that. So I ran a, I ran a 5k in 2015 and, um, I was in the lead pack and the cop took a wrong turn and sent us, um, it didn't turn early enough. And so I'm looking at mile 2.8, 2.9 on my watch and the finish line is nowhere to be found. And I'm also like, if I finish soon, I'm going to PR. And I, I didn't, I ran 3.5 miles and obviously didn't PR cause there was no kick available. So, and I was pissed off for like weeks about that. I was like this, I ran the race of my life. Um, this would have been a PR by 10 seconds in the 5k. Um, and I was like bitter and I like took to social media about it. Probably still find that there was a hilarious post at the, at the end. I'll have to send you the photo. It's three dudes. Everybody's got their head down okay. and just like looking like they're completely spent because we ran a three and a half mile 5k. Anyway, um, how did you get to that place of acceptance that like, ha, huh, it's funny that I took a wrong turn, not I'm pissed off and, and screw that person for sending me the wrong way. Yeah. I, I think, and this go back to one of my coaches that I had, um, weren't all struggles, like, um, back through that process, he was my coach at the time when I used to always have these um, meltdowns over races. And one of his favorites uh, quote, he would always say, what would the man with no legs say, you know, about you crying or getting upset about this? So I think over time, I just, again, I just grew as a person where now anything that happened in a race, you know, I'm okay with it because, you know, I'm able to find some good in it. I mean, I'm able to laugh at it too, because I mean, getting lost, is just like, wow, okay, when is this going to stop? But, you know, in the case of last weekend, you know, I was just, I mean, I pretty much just laughing at myself. But now the week before that, now I did have, I did go through some thoughts where I was like, you know what, maybe I just need to go to the finish line because I, at that time I was running a half marathon and, you know, I had my watch on that day. And I was looking at my watch and I was like, wow, the course is six and I'm already at seven. <laughs> and so I'm knowing in my mind, I'm about to get ready to run 14 miles for a 13 mile race. And, you know, my one friend, Ruby, I don't know if you had her on your podcast. I think you did. Yeah. Ruby Miles. From the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she stated fast girl. Well, for my last thing about fast girl problems, because in these small races, that's the time that I get lost because there's not people around me and I'm up leading the race and that's not a good thing. <laughs> and so, you know, in that race, I just told, I was just telling myself to get to the finish line. You know, I can finish this race. It may not be my fastest, but you know what? You got to finish this race. You got to run for all the people who wish they could run because some people are injured. And, you know, I was thinking about my friends. I was like, I just got to do it for them. And, you know, it's going to be 14 miles, but it's okay. It's probably going to be a little slower, but that's all right, too. I mean, I just need to get to the finish line because making it to each finish line, that's a celebration within itself. So, you know. Is is gratitude something you practice intentionally? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I practice it intentionally, but I think every day at some point I think about the things that I'm thankful for, you know. So I don't think I do it intentionally, but I feel like 
you know, I'm just really, I'm just a thankful person. I, I just, I don't know if that's a practice, but I try to, you know, be thankful for everything I have because, you know, it, any, I don't think at any given moment, but there are so many people out there who don't have what I have. And, you know, I was thinking about a conversation that I was having with my friend and um, she was talking about the things that she didn't have, like a house or whatever. And I was like, those things aren't important. As long as you have somewhere to live and you're happy and you have friends and you have family, you know, all the other material things are not as important. Like your happiness is something to be, that's something you need to be grateful for just to be here. Like, so I don't know if I just practice or it just, it's just in me now, you know, I don't know. That's awesome. I don't write any lyrics or anything, but you know, I do think about the things that I'm thankful for and, you know, just being able to run. So I don't, I don't think I practice it. You know, I don't write any lists or anything, but I just try to think about all the things that I'm grateful for. And when these are, especially when things are not going my way, that's when I start to think like that race, for instance, it was not going my way. So I start, you know, just think about the things that I can do and the things that. Control the controllables. Yeah, exactly. Cool. What would you tell Shawana of uh, 10 years ago? 10 years. Oh, that, that would be 31. Uh, <laughs> what was the 31-year-old doing? Oh, that's probably was doing my crime 10 years ago. <laughs> so what would you tell her? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I mean, but I, fe- I feel like I need to go through that in order to grow as a person, but I would, one thing I would just tell her just not to get so caught up on the times and just focus on the process and just, you know, go back to that gratitude and be thankful for being able to run because, you know, being able to run, that truly is a gift. And, you know, if I was thinking as a 31 year old, because my grandmother, she, well, my grandmother, she raised me. She used to tell me that, you know, as a, I mean, she didn't give me too many details, but I mean, the only thing she did was show me these pictures, you know, that there was a point where you wasn't going to be able, there was a chance that I wasn't going to be able to walk or write because as you see, my hands are so weird. And like, I did all these tests to try to figure out what was wrong, but everything, every test that the doctor did came back, um, is a good thing oh you want to be negative wait no positive positive in him i don't know but i don't even know where i was going with this i just lost my dog that you needed to uh you were saying your grandma was was telling you or showing you photos oh yeah she was showing me photos that you know that at one point the doctors you know i had to wear special shoes in order to be able to walk so I would just, again, just tell that 31-year-old just to be thankful, to be able to run and not to get upset when when I, when I she didn't, you know, run a exact time because I think that was my major problem when I was in my 30s is that, you know, I was so caught up into the times and having to run a certain time that, you know, I just forgot to just love the process of running and that how much running has made me a better person and a stronger person and a more confident person and outgoing person because 
I tell you, like, people in high school, some people in high school, like, shock, like, wow, you are a total different person from when <laughs> you was in high school. You know, like, I'm a fun, I think I'm a fun person to be around. So, you know, so those are the things that I would tell her, like, you know, running made, made you a better person. So just, just be happy with each run and find the good in every single run. Awesome. I think that's a good place to wrap. Uh, find the good in every single run. Um, if people would like to follow you on social media, where can they find you in your journey? Um, the best place to find me is on the Instagram um, at peachrunner26.2 because I love to run marathons. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking some time to chat and hope to see you uh, out at a race sometime this year. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me on. Of course. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next time on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too. 